Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Cheryl Selman, and welcome to The Love Code. Thank you for joining me for another wonderful opportunity to have some inspiring, uplifting conversations. And that's really what The Love Code is all about. It's offering you the opportunity to be inspired on a weekly basis. The Love Code is dedicated to expanding our spiritual horizons, it's a program that opens up doors of possibilities so we can tap into truly the unlimited self that we are. And what's more exciting than that? <laughs> you know, being able to understand that we can um, create the healing we want, whether it's with our own body, whether it's in our relationships, whether it's in any other aspect of our life, we have this power to transform and to truly acknowledge the, the unlimitedness that we are. If you are listening for the very first time, welcome. I hope you'll be joining me every week on The Love Code. And if you would like to get the archives, well, there are lots of ways to do that. You can either go to my Facebook page, which is What Women Must Know. I know it's not The Love Code. It's What Women Must Know. But that is the name of the other program I do every week on Progressive Radio Network. So that's the best place to go if you'd like me there at What Women Must Know. Or you can um, go to uh, Podbean. You can go to Spotify, actually. Uh, the archives are everywhere, so no excuse. You will be able to listen to this great show and also the What Women Must Know show that's every Thursday on Progressive Radio Network, which is all about health and well-being and uh, whatever else I feel is of uh, value for everyone. So hope you'll be joining me there. Or you can just go to my website, which is Dr. Cheryl Selman, which is drcherylselman.com, and um just opt into that website because you'll get lots of other goodies as well as the archive shows. So having said all of that, let's go and uh, have a fantastic conversation with my guest today, Amy Robson. So a little bit about Amy. We're going to be exploring how to awaken to the limitless possibilities within you. And Amy is a gifted healer and spiritual business coach with a global community of conscious entrepreneurs Amy coaches people how to integrate powerful business strategies through healing plus proven business strategies for an aligned, successful, and profitable business. And she shares her gifts and supports a global community of spiritually, of spiritual, creative healers and conscious entrepreneurs. She hosts the popular Awakening with Amy podcast and has been featured in Newswire and her meditations are heard on Insight Timer. So we have a great conversation in store for you today, and it's my wonderful pleasure to welcome Amy to the show today. So Amy, thank you for being with us on The Love Code. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, this is going to be a wonderful conversation because you are an interesting person. <laughs> you have really... Uh, you know, you, uh, I I love these conversations, Amy, because one of the opportunities I get to ask my guests is, what happened along the way? <laughs> you know, how did you, you know, get to be who you are doing what you're doing? And everyone has such a fascinating story of how they awaken to their true purpose in life. And uh, I have to say, some of the guests I've interviewed, have had a, a really challenging time. I mean, one of my guests 
uh, who's doing some fantastic work as a shaman. He started off as a computer programmer, computer engineer, or something like that, fell down an elevator shaft, you know, and that was the beginning of his healing journey and waking up because oh, his real purpose. But, uh, you know, we all have our stories. And uh, why don't you share a little bit about your journey and how you found your spiritual calling and your spiritual work, which is what you're all about right now in your life? Yeah, so... I I I think spirituality found me. Um I wasn't really seeking it. I was always curious about it growing up. I my my mom wasn't religious. My mom always said you can believe in God and you didn't have to go to church. And so I would have my little angels and I would pray and I would have my little altar and I was spiritual without knowing I was spiritual when I was a kid because I found everything angelic very fascinating. And um, as an adult, I how I became very spiritual and how um, this work found me and has moved me to um, be of service to others was when I was in, like, the darkest, deepest hole of my life where I just felt like I didn't want to be here anymore. I was having a hard time just processing childhood trauma and life just felt really really hard and really really challenging and so at the time I was uh, working as a finance manager I had a great great career but I just wasn't fulfilled and I started hearing um, or getting a nudge to explore yoga, um, explore going to church, explore anything that I was curious about. And each curiosity led me to the next thing, led me to the next thing, led me to the next thing, and now I'm here. Um, But it started with being super depressed and needing to work out some of my childhood trauma to where I was guided to go to yoga and that really – opened my eyes to what was possible on how I could feel and um, where I could go next. And that was like wanting to to meditate, wanting to uh, really allow myself to take a deep dive into my subconscious so I could relieve myself from the pain that it was spiraling out of control. And so that's where I kind of started. And now I'm teaching Akashic Records, Crystalline Energy, Light Language, DNA Activations, doing all sorts of different things with spiritual teachings that I absolutely love. You know, in your bio, um, what I read was that uh, part of that journey came from um, fracturing your tailbone. I think you had an accident. Yes, yes, yes. And you have to get into beingness rather than doing this. Can can you share a little bit about that? Because I think... This is really profound uh, when we can stop from doing and um, get into being, whether we're forced into it like you were or choose to do it, because only by by moving into quietness can we truly hear what we're what yes. we're meant to hear. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I found I found yoga. And then I started, that like completely saved my life, changed my life. And then um, 
I started dating my now husband, and I moved to Charleston, South Carolina, and my whole life changed, and um, I ended up cracking my tailbone for the second time in my life, and the very thing that brought me joy and assisted me in staying in balance, I couldn't do, which was yoga, and so I had this identity because I was in, I was working as a finance manager. I moved to a new city. I had no no friends. Um, I only had my my now husband, and I had a major injury that I was in excruciating pain, and I was also having really bad nightmares. Um, and so what I was guided to do was learn how to meditate and learn how to do dream interpretation because I needed to figure out why I was having these dreams. Because I knew that I wasn't, like, I knew I wasn't going to get hurt, but I knew that there was something my subconscious was trying to tell me. And what I ended up doing was meditating and going deeply within myself to explore what was going on and I started to tear back all of the identities of what I thought I was up until that point so that I could get a clear understanding of who I really was without all those labels and what ended up happening is um, within because I was I was in excruciating pain for about a year I was limping I couldn't walk I couldn't sit I was like just in horrible pain and um within just uh like a, a month I was off pain medicine I started feeling better um I started to feel that I was clawing myself out of the dark hole that I was in it wasn't as bad as when I first started on my spiritual path because that when I first started I knew better to like get help and to to really follow the guidance that I was being guided to do at that moment in time, which was meditate and learn how to interpret my dreams. And by doing so, what I ended up moving into was like a a master's degree, a doctorate's degree in spirituality, because what I was guided to end up doing from that experience was study and study a lot. And that opened up all sorts of different doors of understanding why certain behaviors or certain patterns were happening in my life and how I could overcome them as well. Well, you know, it's a fascinating journey we're on with hindsight, isn't it, to see how what looks like the deepest, darkest times of our life are really part of – you know, I call it the, the dark night of the soul, but it's stripping away the um, the ego and the the way we've defined ourselves, the perceptions we've held about ourselves to really be able to receive the true experience of, of our spiritual self and our, and our true direction in life. And it, it seems yeah. that it's a, it's a common process, isn't it? Do you find that in the people you work with? Yeah, absolutely. I find that we end up going through this, um, it's like a deepening of self, a deepening of self-awareness. And we have an opportunity to look at multiple perspectives of the experiences that we've experienced. And 
you know, how we choose to react to those experiences is what creates our reality. And so we have the opportunity when we go through the dark night of the soul, which is not just one night, it's a very long period of time for some of us. And then we, we go through it sometimes multiple times throughout our life, if not more, because we have this um, opportunity to up-level. But when we go through the dark night of the soul, we get to meet parts of ourselves that have been wounded, that are scared, that are fearful, and we get to reparent them. We get to re-love them and show them compassion, show them um, unconditional love so that we can all move forward with love and grace. Yeah, so it's such an interesting journey as we're talking. I, I was thinking about the time in my life, which was um, when I was in my last year at university, and I just fell into that deep, deep hole of depression where I just felt, you know, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Why am I here? You know, and, um, and, and really, really was in this darkness. And, and that's, that's when I had my first spiritual kind of peak experience, you would say, this awakening. And I, I guess it's worth mentioning it in this conversation because for those listening, if you, listeners, are having a really challenging time, could be um, a health challenge, it could be a relationship challenge, it could be confusion over direction, over money, you know, however it shows up, I just want to encourage everyone to understand that this is part of a more profound um, process of um, really discovering the, the true nature of who you are and stepping into a, a greater connection to your spiritual self and your spiritual purpose. So um, to use the tools and resources and help to move through this time, but um, to understand that there is something on the other side. All right, Amy, it's like encouraging people, don't don't just succumb to a feeling of helplessness or depression. Understand that it is part of a greater process and um, and reach out and work through it because there is a, a, a you know, there is a gift. You know, I, I've just been listening to a series that um, is being taught online for uh, the benefits of Qigong. And the, um, one of the uh, instructors of this program was in chronic, excruciating pain for five years. He had been a martial artist, got injured, and for five years he had chronic, chronic pain. He said, you know, times he just couldn't get out of bed, couldn't do anything. And in the depths of despair, when he just said, I can't go any further, was when the path opened to him and he found a Qigong teacher and now he's totally healed. And he teaches this work worldwide. So, you know, your experience of going back into your trauma and resolving it through the dream process or however it shows up, there are infinite ways that we can create our healing we often need to have a bigger um, a bigger picture <laughs> hang in there to see a, a greater purpose and reason for why things are happening and seemingly falling apart, but actually could be falling together in new ways. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing about depression is it's a cry for creativity. 
when we're sad, when we're lonely, there's something in our soul that's telling us it's time to go create because we're, we're, we're meant to be creating. We're meant to be doing things with our life and that those creations, because we have many creations throughout our life, bring us joy, bring us happiness, bring us fulfillment. And I'm a big believer in any time we are having a moment, a chapter um, in our lives where we fall into darkness, take a step back and, and look at where is it that your soul wants to create something or what does your soul desire to create? And creation can look different for each and every person. Um, you know, some people are very creative artistically, where other people are very creative. Um, let's say like a tech person, like they can write code. That's that's creative for them. And so it's just like, what can you do that's maybe necess- not necessarily work-related that allows you to have a self-discovery and allows you to feel good? And that can assist um, can assist in bringing a new level of self-awareness and self-discovery. And I'm also a big believer in follow the energy as it presents itself to you because the more that you follow the energy, like, for example, like the person with the Qigong or myself, it's like if you get a full body yes to do something when you're not in a good place or even when you're in a really good place, you get a full body yes follow the energy because spirit, God, universe is leading you somewhere that's going to assist you in your soul's evolution and your path. And it's really beautiful to see as it's unfolding. And I think that's so encouraging uh, for, for all of us to hear and to remember that there's a greater purpose for the experiences that we find ourselves in. And, um, you know, just to have a context, sometimes when I have been in those places and it looks like you know, the sky is falling, <laughs> no way out, um, I, I, um, I use astrology because I find astrology can give me a context. This is, astrology is a language that's kind of a way to um, understand the process, the energies that are in play in your life at that particular time. And uh, so I use astrology and it, you know, it's all there. It just reveals um, in this process and it's, uh, you know, going to be moving on, <laughs> you know, it moves on in time and out of that will come some new beginnings. And when I have that context to put the process in that I'm seemingly struggling with, it just gives me something to hang on to. As I go through it, yeah. right? So you have have a bigger picture of the of the purpose of a greater purpose. I love that astrology is really powerful. I think that we we all gravitate towards different spiritual tools, and I think it's really important to again follow the energy of the tools that you're being guided to to use. For me, um, meditation is always a, a must, and then the other thing that I love using for just anything in life is the Akashic Records. And the Akashic Records, for me, um, are like getting answers on demand. So if 
your um, if you're new to the Akashic Records or you don't know what the Akashic Records are, they're a field of infinite possibilities where every word, deed, thought from the moment your soul is incepted is recorded inside of the Akash. And we can go into the Akashic Records. Everybody has an Akashic Records. And you can receive love and guidance and support from the guardians, also known as the masters, teachers, and loved ones of your records. And they can give you answers to any question that you have from what to make for dinner to um, how can I have a conversation with my spouse about this challenging, um, this challenging thing that we've been going through or, um, I'd like to make a career move. What what can I what can I do to prepare for that? And it that's one of my favorite tools in my spiritual toolbox to assist whenever um I'm either feeling sad or I'm feeling really excited because they meet you where you're at every time you go in the records and they're supporting you on whatever it is that you're wanting to have support on. So through your journey with deepening the spiritual work and and your studies and your meditations, you were able to open this ability to to access this this field of information that is like I guess like the hall of records for each soul. Would that be an accurate way to describe it? Yeah, there's different, everybody has different terms for it. For me, I find it like the cosmos. It's like the stars. And it's it's a field, but some people like to call it a hall or a library. It's whatever your um, your subconscious and conscious mind can wrap their head around. Um, because it, it's, again, the records meet you where you're at. So if you go in the records and you view it as a library, that's beautiful because that's where it's going to meet you where you're at so that you can start to receive the information. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a cosmic library or a cosmic field that holds information for anything and everyone. And we all have a record and we can go in and we can ask any question that we want pertaining to us. And that's the past, present, and future, all possible, yes. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, as, as we're having this conversation, I, I just um, uh, go back and think about um, this um, ancient, um, uh, I guess, tradition out of South India where there are keepers of these ancient, ancient books made out of palm leaves. And uh, if it's meant to be, and and people, I know people have done this, and they have actually uh, contacted one of these people in South India who are the keepers, and they go through their records, and they can find a palm leaf. Now, these these are written probably, you know, thousands of years ago, <laughs> and they can find you, your you, your frequency in this moment of time, and in those records already written of everything about you, who you've married, how many children you've had, everything that's gone on. This is a record that was done thousands of years ago. Have you heard about that? 
I have not, but I love it. I absolutely love it. And, um, and I'm not shocked (laughs) because this is, this is the thing. It's like we, time is not really time. Like as a human, we are living on linear time, but we're multidimensional. And so everything is happening simultaneously. And most of us have lived many experiences on Earth. While some some people are very new souls to Earth, but they're very old souls to other experiences and other places. And so I'm not surprised by that. And then um, the word Akash means space in Sanskrit. So I love it. I love the connection and everything about that. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's fascinating to me, and I think it's become kind of popular, so I'm not sure who's real and who isn't in terms of offering this. But but, um, but for those that found someone who is really authentic, uh, you know, obviously it's amazed to have you even comprehend that you're reading um, a, a page from these ancient books that has all the information about you now in present time. I, you know, it's like it's it, it's really hard to comprehend with your with your conscious intellect, but that's what makes it so interesting. Fascinating, I love it. So, can you give us an example of how you uh, work with the Akashic records with clients, and uh, you know, maybe an experience or two of someone, or you know, who who was able to benefit, just so people can get a sense of the possibility, what happens when you open up to these this field of infinite information? Yes, absolutely. So um, for, for me, you can use it in all areas of your life. And so if you're wanting support with money, finance, relationships, romance, um, career or business, fun and leisure, spirituality, they're going to support in all areas that assist in fulfillment. And one of my favorite ways to use the Akashic Records is for everyday stuff. So you can go into the records and you can say, hey, I want to, I want to feel a lot of joy today. What can I do to feel and experience joy. And they might say, go for a walk, or it would be really nice if you wore the color pink today because this particular color is going to open up your heart chakra and allow you to receive more love, which will allow you to experience more joy. The answers can change and vary for each person the way you ask the question. And I find it very, very fascinating. But I also love using the Akashic Records for deepening my relationship with myself. And so one of the things that I teach my students in my Akashic Record course called Sacred Awakening is how to ask very powerful questions. Because anything in life comes down to the types of questions that you ask. And so if you're asking very... um Powerful questions that allow you to gain a new perspective, you're going to be able to make changes. And so I have had students that have 
had shifts relationships with their children based just using the Akashic Records. Um, we've had clients and students that have changed careers using the Akashic Records, um, started businesses. Uh, it, it's to, to me, it's really fun and fascinating to see the types of questions that people come up with. Um, I recently just had someone tell me that they were guided to um, move careers and start a completely different career. And she she came to our um, our live retreat, and then just like a month or so ago, she messaged me and told me that she got into this new program that she was guided to get into using the Akashic Records, and that like her entire life has changed just based on asking questions. And that's what it comes down to is like getting curious and asking questions and. I'll give like a, a a fun example of some of the guidance that the the records can give. Um, one of the when I was um, wanting to switch out of my corporate career, I decided to um, get certified in teaching yoga, and um, I had to do like a, a one-on-one certification. And part of the certification that I wanted to do with the yoga was so I can learn how to be a better public speaker. And I absolutely love the yoga philosophy. And I knew that it would be a great stepping stone when I moved out of my career and started my business. And so um, when I graduated from yoga teacher training, I wanted to find a new teaching gig somewhere and I knew that it would be really challenging since I didn't get certified at a yoga studio and so the Akashic Records my guardians were like go to this studio speak to the owner ask to observe a kids class and um, you'll you'll be able to to get a, a teaching job that way and so I went to the studio and asked to speak to the owner and um, I asked to observe the kids' class. He said, no problem. And I came and observed the kids' class and then left. And then two weeks later, he called me and asked me if I wanted to co-teach the, the kids' teaching, um, the kids' class, which was not even on my radar to teach. And so what the records did was it opened up an opportunity to a studio that I would have never considered applying at and to teach something that I wasn't even on my radar, but it was a way for me to get the, my foot in the door so I could teach at this particular studio. And so the records will offer, like, very detailed guidance um, based on the questions that you ask. And it's, it's to me, it's really fascinating. It is fascinating. And I'm just wondering, how, how does that differ from going into um, – a meditation and doing a program and sending an intention and then listening to your own, you know, intuitive response. Is that, would you say it's the same as the Akashic Records or is that something different? So when you're meditating, depending on what level or plane of consciousness your soul or higher self will go, will determine where you're accessing the information. And so with the Akashic Records, 
you want to be very intentional when you are accessing them because all information resides there. And we want to access them in a very clean way so that we're not um, hurting or um, what's a, the, for lack of a better word, it's like we, we can sometimes find a workaround to access information in the spiritual realm, but our physical body can end up hurting because of that. And so we want to be very intentional on how we're accessing information so we don't hurt our physical body because our nervous system and our physical body is very primal. Uh, so to come back to your question, um, is it different from meditation or just journaling? Uh, yes, because of where you're accessing the information from and what plane of consciousness you're accessing it from. Okay, that makes sense to me. So what you're doing in, uh, when you're teaching others, you're um, giving them a roadmap how to move into um, a, a different frequency, could you say, different, different yeah. state of consciousness? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so we're there in Sacred Awakening. I teach my students how, a very simple method because I don't want something. We, we, our attention span is very short now due to social media. And so we want to have something very quick and easy to do in order to access our Akashic records. And so it's very quick and easy to access them. It allows you or the student to really deepen your relationship, not only with your Akashic records, but with yourself as well by the process that I teach my students to access their Akashic records. And they move into a different field of energy when they open their records. Um, we move past the astral plane and into the Akash so that you are receiving guidance from the highest frequency and of the high, from the highest level. Yeah, that's so interesting. Do you find everyone's able to do that, that you teach? If they are willing to get... Um, let me say that slightly different. Yes, anybody can access their Akashic records. Sometimes people get scared and get nervous, and so we have to walk through some of the jitterbugs and some of the nervous energy of where they might be feeling stuck, but everybody can access their Akashic records. It just takes a lot of trust and practice. Right. Yes. So that's exciting to know that you don't, necessarily have to have a special spiritual, you know, awakening to be able to, um, to you know, to, to experience that level of guidance. But, you know, like any of this work, um, it, it's, it's discipline, it's consistency, right? It's practice. It's, yes, yes. It's experience. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it, practice is key and trust is number one key, and then also willingness. So, you know, if someone is not interested or doesn't believe in it, they're not going to be able to access their records. But if you have the belief and you are really curious about it and you trust, and trust doesn't mean that you 
automatically believe everything that you're receiving the second you receive it because we want to practice discernment, but it's trust that you're doing it and that you're capable of doing it and that you're open to making mistakes because that's also a big part of it. Because I think so often sometimes people think that, oh, if I get a spiritual tool in my toolbox, I have to be perfect. I have to be at mastery level the second I try it the very first time. And that's not going to happen. <laughs> Just like you learn how to ride a bike, you're going to wobble, you're going to shake, you might fall off the bike. You have to be willing to fall off and get back up and try again. And it's a really beautiful process to, to witness when students are just processing everything that they are, uh, journeying through, through, through Sacred Awakening. And one of my favorite things is when it just starts to click for them where it's like, Oh, I get it. Okay. I, I get how my clairs work. I get how my intuition works because I think so often people think that they, they need to be psychic in order to, to do this type of work and they don't. And I've had a client, like I've had actually many clients tell me that they thought that they were the least intuitive people that they had no intuition. I had a client once tell me that she took the course just to prove me wrong. <laughs> and I just, I just died when she told me this because she's killing it. She has, she left her job. She has a spiritual business now. She's, she's teaching and she's doing what she loves and she's super in tune and super intuitive. And she did not believe that, that she even had the capability of accessing them, but she wanted to prove me wrong. So she took the course. And it was hilarious. I think that it's funny. <laughs> She'll show you. Yeah, and she's just like her You're life right. has changed <laughs> so much. And what I love too is seeing people what they look like when they first start working with me to when to where they end up and like their faces energetically change and they look mm -hmm. different. And they're just, they have a different glow to them that's just radiant. And I absolutely love it. And it's just magnificent to see. And I'd like to say that uh, the work that you're doing and the work that so many people are doing now on the planet is there to um, facilitate this awakening and the potential of what humans can be and how we can move in this world with a greater connection and a greater uh, trust in oneself and in the unknown because we have a connection. But that's really the, this evolutionary process we are all in right now. It's this emerging or emergence of a higher, um, but of a, of a greater, how do I want to say it, a, you know, a great experience of what it is to be truly human and living in a different state of consciousness and having access to this, this state of consciousness. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think so often and that people forget that we're human, <laughs> like that in the spiritual community, they want to have this really grand awakening, but 
part of it, too, is you're going to awaken, but you also have to live the human experience, which means it's okay to have all sorts of different emotions. It's okay to process those emotions. It's okay to have bad days. And it's how you choose to react to all those experiences that actually assist you in evolving and allow your and allowing your soul to ascend to the next level of consciousness. Yeah. So you know that it's easy to understand with hindsight, right? That all of these yes. challenges in life have been gifts. They're all gifts because we couldn't have emerged and have moved into the experiences that we now have that open so many possibilities if we didn't go through what we would judge as tough times. Um, can, mm-hmm. can I change the subject a bit? Because the other thing okay. that you are very involved with is the use of crystals. So I, I want us to talk a bit about crystals. Yes, I love crystals. So the, how much I love crystals is I teach people how to open their records using crystal and energy. Um, I, we are moving from carbon-based beans to crystalline beans. Um, the, the crystalline energy is very much a part of the earth and, um, you know, the crystals that they dig out of the earth are little light beings that want to support us on our journey, just like nature and trees want to support us on our journey as well. The crystals want to support us and, all the crystals um, that you see, each one of them has a job and a purpose. And a lot of them want to connect us and support us in different ways. And so each type of crystal has a unique set of properties, a unique set of gifts that we can utilize that um, will support us on our human journey. And they could be anywhere from grounding to focus to love, to ascension, to um, working on our emotional wounds, to assist us with physical ailments. Um, There's so many different ways that they can support us. It just depends on what you're attracted to and then allowing yourself to allow that crystal to support you. And how would you do that? So the first step is is if you are in a crystal shop and you notice that there's a crystal that you just can't let go, you might be walking around with it and you didn't even realize it was in your hand, that crystal wants to work with you. Or if all of a sudden you see a crystal and you're attracted to it, that crystal wants to work with you. And how you choose to work with it will depend on what it is that you're you're doing with it but you can hold it you can meditate with it you can sleep with it depending on what type of crystal it is um you can place them on your body there's so many different ways you can use them to anchor energy or set up crystal grids um like i it's funny i have a lot of crystals um i've been collecting crystals since i was a kid my mom's collected crystals since she was a kid and so did my grandma and so um, I, I have crystals everywhere in my house, um, but, I, you know, I have crystals set up for different things. So, like, 
I have my computer set up on like a stand, and so I have crystals underneath the computer. Um, some are for protection, some are for um, EMS to to prevent um, high levels of EMS. And then uh, like I'll have different crystals that I'll set up on my desk depending on what it is that I'm working on. So sometimes I might have fluorite uh, for focus and direction or for supporting with DNA stuff. Um, I always have amethyst and selenite um, on my back credenza for in my office, and that's to support with um, bringing in high level of spiritual information. But also, it, amethyst acts as a psychic vacuum, and it will vacuum out any lower vibrational energy. Um, and then I also have like selenite. Selenite acts as an infinite number of light strands. And so it will clear and cleanse all sorts of energy. And it has so many other properties than what I'm sharing with some of the crystals that I'm mentioning. Um, but I, I always have something going on with some sort of crystal and there's always crystals on my altars. There's crystals all over my house for <laughs> variety of different reasons. It just depends on what it, what purpose I've given them. Well, I totally understand because crystals are so seductive, right? You, it's like, uh, you just have to have them. <laughs> you know, you go yes. into a crystal shop or you just like, you know, you, Forget it. You're going to come out with something because they're just, you know, there's something about crystals. And, you know, I've got my little collection as well. But, and, in fact, I just got some selenite, which is an interesting crystal. Um, yeah, you know, and to be able to have the awareness and to have them around, it's an energy. It's creating an energy field that's supporting us. Yeah. And I love the fact that. You know, you, you've delved into the world of crystals and so did your grandmother, your mother and grandmother. I can just imagine your house just <laughs> filled with crystals of all sizes. You know? Oh my um, gosh. You, you know, it's crazy a lot. Place, right? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot going on in your house, maybe. <laughs> you know, um, oh. you know I, I, I have to say, since we're kind of talking about all sorts of far out topics. I, I was at a conference one time, and there was a there was uh, one of the speakers, and it, it was a conference of all sorts of interesting topics, right? And um, and he has been doing uh, work with a very special camera, looking at crystals, and he was able, Amy, to with, with this camera, this special device he designed, was actually able to photograph beings that lived in crystals. Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He could actually see these beings of light that would emerge out of the crystal and then go back into the crystal with his, you know, when he, when he, um, when he was able to take a, a movie of it. He had a video of it. And he, That's you know, beautiful. just gives you another perspective, right? Yeah, and this was a this was a quartz. He was working with quartz crystals, but you actually could see beings emerge that they live in the crystal and were able to, to to move out of that field and go back in and do whatever healing they're meant to do. But uh, how, how fascinating is that? It's so fascinating. I think we're going to see so many things 
in the next 10, 20 years with technology. And I think there's going to be a lot of, which is already happening, a lot of um, confirmation of things that um, spiritual teachers, mentors, psychics have been saying, meditators have been saying for years and decades. And so I think it's going to be so neat to see it all unfold. Like I'm very excited for some of the technology that's coming forward for us to see. And that's, so neat that he was able to capture that because crystals are used in all sorts of stuff that, that are like everyday things. And so um, what we're able to do with them is infinite. It really is. And they want to support us. Can you just mention your favorite way of um, clearing the energies of the crystal? Because if people buy crystals, and since they are they are um, uh, vehicles that hold frequencies and can pick up frequencies and transmit frequencies, so they've been in lots of places and been around lots of things and people, what is your favorite way if people have crystals that they should cleanse them? So for me, selenite. So that... It, there's all many, I don't necessarily have one favorite way, but I think that the easiest way is to just place your crystals on a piece of selenite. Um, because selenite acts as a clearer because it has that infinite number of light strands in it and it moves and it zaps all the energy out that's lower frequency, lower vibration out of that crystal. And so you can just place crystals on top of the selenite and it will clear it and it's easy it's simple um, but there's other ways I mean you can rinse them you can put them in sunlight for a little bit you don't want to keep them in direct sunlight very long because they will fade if they're polished um, you can run them underwater depending on what type it is not all crystals can be run underwater you can roll them in salt you can bury them in the earth you can you can clean crystals all different ways but the one that I always lean back on is selenite. Hmm. It's just simple and easy, and I can just place them on a chunk of selenite overnight, and they're clean in the morning. That's so interesting. I had no idea that that's what selenite is able to do, is to pull out the or, – or just what – just it, 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 it takes out the other frequencies, and then you can focus in intention or meditation or – put it in an environment where it can hold other frequencies then? Yeah, so selenite is um, a stone that you don't have to clear. It naturally cleans itself. Um, but you can clear it if you want to clear it. It's not going to harm it or anything like that. Um, so, But it loves being supportive of other crystals. Um, and it also just wants to spread light and that's what it does it like spreads a ton of light um and it also like enhances the the crystal itself i find i find that it enhances it as well um and so selenite can also be a stone that is very energizing for some people and it can be very calming for others um where, like, for me, I could sleep with a big chunk of selenite underneath my bed, where some people can't have selenite in their bedroom because they won't be able to sleep at night. So 
it just really depends on the person and what they're attracted to. Um, but selenite, it's, it's, for me, it's like one of those master crystals. It's a crystal that's always in my toolbox and always will be in my toolbox. It's a crystal I send to all of our Sacred Awakening students because that's how important it is to, to me in my eyes. Well, that's great. Thanks for sharing that because I had no idea. Actually, I just received some selenite. I purchased some. Yeah, I read somewhere mm-hmm. <laughs> about it, and I said I got to have it. And so I have some selenite that I didn't really – appreciate everything you just shared about what a what an amazing being that is yeah like so if you have like let's say like a a crystal that you like to use a lot you can just set it up against or on top of the selenite at nighttime and it will clean it for you okay i will do that well you know uh we're almost at the end but i don't want to leave this conversation before you get to share all the uh, programs you do. I know you have a podcast. So let's talk about how people can learn more about your work or get involved in what you are teaching and sharing with others and uh, and give some resources. And by the way, um, if you want to know Amy's website, it's the Amy Rosen, V. I know there's another one out there, Amy. The Amy Rosen, R-O-B-E-S-N.com. Um, so yeah, share so share what what you're offering, Amy, so people can learn more and and perhaps uh, uh, you know participate. Yeah, absolutely. So I always have free stuff going on. So if you go to my website, theamyrobeson.com, um, you can click on our free um, our like free events and gifts pages, or you can go to theamyrobeson.com backslash free, and you can see what events that we have co- going on. We have a free um, Soul Evolution Masterclass Series happening August 21st through the 25th. And that's going to be where we talk about the records even more. And I take people through all sorts of different processes with the records. Um, it, I have a podcast as well. So if you're interested in just learning more um, about spirituality, uh, my podcast is also on my website. And it's Awakening with Amy Robeson. And we're on all the streaming channels that you can download your podcast at. And then I teach different things from the, the records to crystal courses to light language, DNA. So um, the best thing to do is utilize my free stuff to see if it's something you're interested in. And I have lots of free healings on my website, so you can just go to the website and download those and check them out and get some free goodies and um, and if you're interested in more, just just reach out, and I'm happy to have a conversation. Well, it sounds like you have uh, a smorgasbord of possibilities for people. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's so so interesting. You've uh, you know transformed from the world of financial planning <laughs> into this very spiritual non-nunami life that you live now, Amy. <laughs> It's, uh, it's I, so I love it. <laughs> well, I love well, it. I love it. <laughs> I think that uh, it's probably your financial planning has helped you create such a you know varied form of offerings of programs and things using that part of your mind to compartmentalize it. And you know, I, I, I just acknowledge you for creating so many opportunities for people to learn and to uh, continue their healing path. 
and their their spiritual journey. So um, so thanks for all the wonderful work that you do. And again, if people want to learn more about the many many fascinating things that Amy is offering, just go to her website theamyrobeson.com. Amy, thanks so much for being with us and just wishing you um, continuing great success and great messages from <laughs> cosmic realms. <laughs> I'm sure it'll get more interesting <laughs> with each passing day. Oh, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. You're amazing. Well, thank you. It's been an absolute delight. And to all of you listening, I'm so glad you are joining me for another one of these fantastic, inspiring, uplifting conversations. So join me every week, and uh, we've come to the end of the show. So this is Dr. Cheryl Selman. You're listening to The Love Code. And uh, as I always like to say at the end of every show, may your week be filled with love, peace, and harmony. Bye for now.